your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bruce Cassidy calls Saturday's loss to the Kings the most disappointing defeat of the season. The Golden Knights are in first place, but they're struggling against the division. And how much shuffling is too much with lines? Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick. You could find us on Twitter, at LockdownVGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G. And of course, as always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Chris, off of a very busy weekend, uh, VGK blown out at home on Saturday night. And uh, we saw Kevin Fiala scoring a hat trick. <laughs> it was a 5-1 to one, uh, LA Kings blowout win. Bruce Cassidy, uh, he was really upset. He said that he sensed that the team lacked competitiveness from uh, the top to the bottom. He said when the Golden Knights trailed one to nothing, they lacked the compete to get back into the game. A couple of turnovers in the game, Eichel and Martinez, namely. And uh, in this game, we saw them losing battles in the neutral zone, and Logan Thompson gave up a couple of really soft goals, really not much to take positively out of this game. No, I mean, it's one thing I was thinking about was, like, who who stood out, who did something well, what was good. And what I will say is the start was fine. Um, there was, I think there was three posts or high-danger chances before the Kings did get their goal. So, I mean, let's at least acknowledge that side of the game, but all downhill from there and just quickly. And there's games you feel like, um, I want to say the Nashville game, where, no, we, we were leading that game. Uh, we were down, two, we were down, oh, it was Nashville. We were, we were down 2 nothing Nashville, and they came back. So, like the Nashville game, we were down early in that game, but it didn't feel like we, it was out of control or anything like that. But this game, even after the first goal that the that the BGK gave up, it was like, hmm, okay. It, it was just a very weird and different feeling. And then the second goal, you're like, okay. And that second goal, I mean, listen, it's easy for us to criticize from from your living room in my in my in my office here. But you know, at the end of the day, that's a, you can't give a duck like that to a player. LT was trying to like kind of like deflect and pass at the same time, which fine, try and make a play. I'm okay with that, but. If you're going to do it, you got to execute it. And unfortunately, um, that was worse than, than the last goal, in my opinion. But either way, just unfortunate all around. You know, after Thursday, such a party at T-Mobile, more more reinforcements come back. And, you know, to summarize, I put up a tweet yesterday with some random thoughts and things like that. But for a team that's leading the West, for a team that's leading the Pacific, for a roster of this nature, there's too many questions right now. There are too many questions about... Line combinations, we'll get into that later. Goalies are, you know, an issue right now to a degree, to a degree. There, there's concerns. Um, inability to maybe do different structural things when the game goes. Cassidy is getting a bit of an itch, itchy trigger finger right now. So, you know, like last year, injuries, concerns, schemes, identity, fine. We can talk about all of that. But this year, there's similar questions, which is concerning for a team of this much success right now, on paper at least. Okay, yesterday at FanFest. Now, I've never seen you and Chance the Raptor in the same place at the same time. So I've got questions, man. Was that you ziplining 
you know, downtown at the Fan Fest yesterday. There's much I did one zip line in my life. It was out of um out of Africa Wildlife Park in Arizona, which is an awesome place. It's don't call that place a zoo. Just we're gonna go off the rails early in the show, which is fine. But if you got kids or even adults, just look up out of Africa wildlife park in Arizona. You actually can zip line over the exhibits like a giraffe and wild animals and stuff like that, which that, that doesn't sound like a good idea. So I did it and I came in hot. I came in hot and there was this little, you know, 120 pound girl with her arms out as me who, um, I, I, yeah, I, I weigh a couple pounds more than that. Here's me coming in and her with her arms out like, okay, I'll catch you. And I'm like, this is not going to be good. And there's a video of this. Actually, I got to dig it up. There is a, there, there is a video of this. It's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. So uh, Logan Thompson <laughs> was pulled from the game on Saturday in favor of Aiden Hill. Uh, we do have a lot of question marks. I still have a ton about the goaltending on nights where that defense does not play well in front of the goalie. Uh, we also saw Marcia saw Martinez returning. Hey, I, I wanted to talk about one of my friends actually transcribed this for me because I was watching the UNLV game and the hockey game, but I wasn't tuned in listening to everything. And he actually went back and uh, thanks so much for doing that for me. Uh, they did a bench interview with Cassidy in the second period. Oh, dear Lord. And, what's that? I said, oh, oh, dear Lord, this is not going to be good. No, no, no. It was heat of the battle, right? So on the TV broadcast. And he said, our top guys have to be willing to attack here. We're playing on the outside the whole game, a.k.a. Pete DeBoer-ish. Uh, no one wants to get inside, shoot the puck. At some point, you have to get there, right? That's how you get goals. So he's he's basically calling out all the veterans they only he have probably 20. said it loud too, so people right in front of him can hear it. He probably like said, "Okay, we're we're going to do this in front of March or so, and, and let, let, right? let, let it rip." <laughs> exactly, and and only twenty shots on goal for the VGK in the game, but he was heated and he seemed a little bit more tempered, let's say, in the post game presser because I didn't know what to expect after that. You know, Cassidy he tries to keep things pretty fair. I was going to look something up really fast. What do they want to see? Oh, I want to look up the standings. Well, the Kings are a, a weird statistical anomaly by themselves right now second in the division but they're a minus four you got Quinton Byfield I'm borrowing some of this from the post game last night or the other night from Duva and um and Ryan Wallace of course but you got Quinton Byfield doesn't have any goals on the top line you have just a, a journeyman goalie who is now wait, 10 and wait, 2 wait 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 are you setting us up for another excuse no this no 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 head. no 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 god no i'm simply saying that the kings are just a weird team that's doing well right now and Phoenix I'm, not saying, I'm, not saying you, I'm not saying you specifically but is this the new narrative of bad ice of uh, too no. many injuries uh, they're playing over their heads no, I, I think that I think that the Golden Knights should have uh, taken care of the Kings, who, if you look at them on the standings, are playing beyond their means right now, I think. And, and that was the ultimate perspective that I was uh, kind of going to go at here. You know, the Kings are good. They're fine. They're, they're playing well. They're, they got a good, you know, record and everything. But it's not exactly. It's not, you know, it, it, they this should have been this type of a game. You know, if it's a, if it's we lose four to three in overtime, fine. So be it, whatever that that's going to happen right now. And, and back to Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he doesn't hold anything back. Let, let's start by saying that and commending him for it. We've gone through DeBoer and, you know, DeBoer, unfortunately I didn't have the opportunity to do what I do now as far as these interviews and things go, but you know, DeBoer 
you know, oh, we didn't get there. It wasn't our night, blah, blah, blah. And you don't get a whole lot. And he smiles and makes nice with the media. And off he goes into into the office, into the, to the country club, right? To the country club. And uh, we move on for the next game. It's not that world with Cassidy right now. And, you know, maybe some of this is because he doesn't know the team well. He's only been with the team now for, you know, although the way the shelf life of coaches, he's been he's probably already been with the team for 30 percent of his entire shelf life is going to be. Um, right. And that's not even knock on Cassie. It's just how the NHL goes. So, you know, it's it's interesting how things are starting to play out right now. And again, there are more questions than answers. And I want to go through this little tweet that I put out. I won't I won't jump segments here, but, you know, OK, so here we go. Adjusting the system. The Kings were playing very well at the blue line. I put a tweet out very, I think it was pretty early in the game. Every time the BGK was in a breakouts, the Kings defensemen were back and their forwards were not necessarily attacking us. So they were allowing the defense to skate the puck. The second they got right between that red and blue line, BGK got challenged. There is, and again, I'm not going to say a simple way because I'm not an NHL, although I did make my coaching debut yesterday at the eight and under development league over at lifeguard arena. So I do have some knowledge here. Now I have, I do have some real time experience, of course. So now I am now an, an expert. I'm now an expert in another field, but you know, simply chip and chase, dump and chase, get out there, get that puck to the corner and get dirty and battle for it. And listen, if you can make moves at the blue line, like the Pittsburgh game, for example, you, you do it, right? You make those moves and you create a rush from the blue line. But if that can't happen, get the puck deep, go down and battle. It's not fun. It's not sexy. It's whatever terminology you want to use, but they have to be willing to, you know, play the game like that. And I think this is partially, you know, kind of jumping segments a little bit here. Uh, Cassidy mentioned Amadio was very light on pucks, not, you know, battling and things like that. So, uh, what do you say? Win your battle, win your races, win your battles. I want to say was the quote something, something like that. that. Effect, and, yeah. You know, he, he's right on that, but you know, he's the coach. He has to motivate and teach that. And how much that is happening, I don't know right now. Okay, so I was looking at the stats, and Jack Eichel and Riley Smith each minus four on the ice in that game. Wow, and that's a telling stat. I thought, and then I wanted to talk to you again. We talked about this. We discussed it a little bit. Uh, last week, I think it's now two or three games in a row, they are losing uh, face-offs. This team's losing a lot of face-offs lately, and that to me is a, a, a great concern because they're losing them in the opponent's end. It's such a face-offs are such a weird stat because if you're like like if you're like a fifty-two percent you know centerman taking face-offs, that that that's good. Like that's how how close you know how, how much you split hairs for face-offs, right? And Pardon me, but it's got to, you know, yeah, I mean, it all starts with the face off and going back to the Galat days. Galat didn't give a give a poop emoji about about face offs. They barely ever practiced them. And, you know, Stevenson, at least for a time, was leading NHL face off percentage. I don't know if he's still there or not. I'll, I'll look that up maybe when, when you start going. But face offs are important. It's a little thing. But in a game that is where there's so much parity. 32 can beat one any day, any day. The, the worst ranked team can take out the top ranked team and make them look bad in the process. That's how close the parity is and how good the best hockey league in the world is. So anytime you can give yourself an advantage, that extra second with the puck is the difference of a win or a loss, especially now that we are over the halfway points. Now your eyes go to the playoffs. That's how, that's the progression. That's how this works. VGK uh, now at minus eight in the second period as Roy... <sighs> And Fiala scored goals there. Uh, Jonathan Marsh has uh, returned. 
15th goal of the season from Wah and from Kessel. And there was an empty net for the final 420. <laughs> and I, I was too busy I getting my hot dog then. I, I didn't see that part. Okay, so they didn't mention it on TV, though, for a while. They go, oh, okay, now the, uh, the net is empty, but it's been empty for a while, so they didn't notice that. Okay, so I'm reading a story about street meat vendors in Vegas. A lot of them don't. My have wife sent me that same and thing and told me not to buy those hot dogs anymore. Okay, you guys, stop it. So you bought, so you bought street meat. You bought a Kessel dog outside yeah. of T-Mobile. Yeah. Okay, man. They do smell pretty good though, and I don't they even do. eat hot dogs. They but... do. I paid for it the next morning, but you know it's all good. It's worth it. <laughs> Coming up uh, next, we're going to take a look and try to figure out why the Pacific Division foes uh, against VGK are having their way, so to speak, as. The Golden Knights are playing subpar hockey against the division. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Our next partner has a product that we literally use every day. We started to use Athletic Greens here on this show because basically we don't have time to eat a full meal. And when we do, it is stinking street meat. That's what happens. Uh, So I personally have been taking it for a few months now, and I absolutely love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. And it's kind of a mild tropical taste. I actually look forward to taking each and every day. They have 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, all of that. It is a special blend of ingredients, and I really do enjoy it. And it is very lifestyle-friendly, no matter what uh, routine you are on. And it costs less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. It's a lot cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting the different supplements yourself. You are investing in your all-in-one nutritional insurance. There's a lot of great reviews out there. Just Google it. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five five free travel packs with your very first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. It's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership of your health. And pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day. And uh, again, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Golden Knights. And tomorrow, Chris, my return appearance on TMZ. Okay. And I just have to make sure. So I've. I've actually been fasting for the last two days because last time I told you what happened, my head took up the entire screen. And I don't know if they were magnifying it or whatever, but that's what's happening here. And you're eating your street meat, and somehow we make this show work. So we welcome back, everyone. Golden Knights leading the Pacific. What are we trying to get at here? They are leading the Pacific. Overall, however, they are just 5, 6, and 2 against the division. And while some stats Bruce, coming here in a second. This is interesting, okay, but keep going. So, so while Bruce Cassidy was in Boston, he absolutely owned the Pacific, and he never lost to the Kings in nine meetings prior to coming to Las Vegas. And now this is becoming sort of a routine. So is it a lack of uh, – I hate to say this, too, because I was texting with one of my, my friends, and then he said they were talking about it on the broadcast, too, about how – they seem to struggle against the Pacific right now at five, six, and two. Yes, of course, they should be dominating because they're leading the Pacific division. But what is going on 
Why can't VGK beat these teams? So here's Bruce Cassidy's Boston Bruins record against the Pacific for the last few seasons. 9-5-2. and 9-3-1. 12-2. So, you know, let's maybe try and figure out why he was so strong against the Pacific with Boston versus with the VGK. And I think the first thing you probably consider is the home road split as far as, you know, the travel and the time zones and stuff. But you can't have those records if your team is not winning on the road when you come to the West Coast. So that's the first thing that, you know, kind of stands out. To be fair, outside of, you know, the BGK, the Pacific, you know, and Edmonton on and off, uh, the Pacific has been a bit, you know, charm and soft, uh, giving my buddy Chris Kondo some love, love saying that. Um, so it's it's hard to understand why he was so strong against the Pacific with the, the Bruins, who had some very good teams in those last three seasons I just uh, referenced. But this VGK team isn't so bad either. So it's a very strange circumstance because now he has more scouting, right? There are people on his payroll, if you will, or on however you want to say that, who have spent the last five, six, seven years now specifically focusing on the Pacific and funneling information to Cassidy. And then it's up to Cassidy to create a scheme, a strategy, line combinations, et cetera, that will put the team in a good spot. And as of now... Uh, that is a measurable where Cassidy is falling short. We'll, we'll put it politely until uh, until we can't. If things get bad, then we'll start saying it in a different manner. So no good answer as to why he is struggling against the division that he now lives in. His house is here, whatever terminology you want to use. Um, my, my concern is why was it so good with Boston and so mediocre here right now? And the Pacific didn't get any stronger. Let's not kid ourselves. It definitely did not get any stronger. We yeah. thought it would, but it didn't. Yeah, for sure. And the one thing, you know, that I see uh, with this team is that they went back like again, they revert back to the Pete DeBoer style of play with those shots from the outside, which drives both of us crazy. Right. And they're not putting anyone in front. There's of no them. bodies. There's no bodies. I hate it. Yeah. So why do they all of a sudden revert back? And then I could see Cassidy's frustration because he's like the past couple of days we worked on the neutral zone and how to attack and how to play defensively and all of that. And then he goes and we come out and no one did like one thing that we had practiced. So that didn't seem to resonate with the players, with the team. Another note too. There's also bus rolling them too when he says that, but keep going. Okay, So John, John Stevens, the assistant coach has played a ton in the Pacific division, right? Former Kings coach. Uh, He should be able to adequately prepare the VGK for these uh, types of games? Something's definitely not clicking there. And like I said, I wish I could, you know, I mean, I'm sure Cassidy wishes he could put it, put his finger on it because you got to take care of the division, right? I mean, you have to win the division and to win your division, you're going to have to do well against your division or otherwise they might catch up. I mean, again, this division is pretty soft right now, so we can hang our hat on that as a positive in the sense that we should win the division, even if we play 500 hockey from here to the end of the season. I hope we don't do that, obviously, but that's really what we've also been doing since our, our great run to start the season. So we're we're milking that for everything that it's worth right now, and they got to figure something out. I'm just trying to think if I can come up with any point as to why this is happening, and it's tough. It's tough. There's so much experience there. You made the, the comment about the coach playing in the Pacific and everything, and coach, coaching in the Pacific for a number of seasons, and it, it's a bit disheartening. 
And why can't they figure this out? You know, this is, that's a Cassidy question and it's his job to figure this out. And, you know, again, so many more questions than we should have. And this isn't because they lost one game. I mean, we were, we were happy after the Pittsburgh game. Sure. There's going to be a level of um, recency bias. You know, we're going to, whatever the last time is on the ice, that's going to portray in our mannerism, how we talk about the team, but it is a fair thing to point out that, Hey, you know, they're struggling right now and they don't look like a team that's leading the West. They don't look like a team that's leading the division. They don't look like the team that should represent the Western conference in the Stanley cup final right now. Okay. So we are right on pace with four, two and one for, for this homestand. I think so they're one, one in the first two, these four and games I, off, four days off make me nervous for the Thursday. Oh game, my honestly. goodness. Okay. So yeah, the schedule's terrible, terrible. It's rigged. Uh, well, no, I, I can't believe they're going to have four days off at this point of the season. They have so much time. They do it next. Well, they do it next week too, right? Fest. Same thing next week, don't they? It's have so, a long. It's brutal. It, it's it's Thursday. It's Thursday, Saturday, two weeks in a row, isn't it? Yeah, it, I think it's something like that. Yeah, but again, you know, what are they going to do to occupy their time? Oh, they play Monday the sixteenth. Okay, pardon me. Yeah, yeah, that's the big uh, game, the matinee game, right against the Stars. Well, that's why I call Brassois going to make a start. I, I called that last week. Okay. I don't want to take I don't want to take too much away from the Kings who executed well. Of course, and I thought it was a good I game. I thought they I thought they also won the retro game as well. But that's another game. Another Those jerseys game. were that was an amazing jersey matchup. <laughs> it really beautiful. was. It was. I mean, just being we 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 were behind the Kings. Uh, net because chris wanted to get a good look at those jerseys and we i did post a picture so here, here's a little little tip if you're if you're behind one of the goals during warm-ups you see a puck go off that post and hit that netting above you push push that glass forward because it's it's a looser glass and then the puck will drop right there except didn't the chris, puck wait 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 didn't chris get a puck the other night that's what we're talking about this this is the story this is how oh, we this got is it. the story i don't this know how we're story. gonna get there to the story okay so you push the glass forward and then the puck drops down the puck had some English on it, though. It had some backspin. When it hit the ground, it went backwards. So I had to turn around. I got. I didn't get down on my knees. I'm not that crazy person. But I got. To, I got my hand down there, right in front of the Kings fan. Put the puck right in Chris's hand, and bam! That was a who that shot? Was a winner. Who shot it? Do you know? Uh, I think no. Oh, you know what? I did see actually. Um, it, it was the weirdest thing. Colasar was lined up to shoot a warm up shot on, on Hill, <laughs> and he just completely whiffed and hit the other po- crossbar. Oh no! I don't want to take much away from the Kings, though. Seriously, because no, they did play they, a good they game. They did. They, they did the job well. But they is this took team... what the VGK gave them. Absolutely, and the VGK didn't take what the Kings gave them. But are the Kings? Are they a threat to the VGK? Do you feel? We at the start of the season. We did. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. No. I mean, absolutely. They're figuring things out. They started slow. And Fiala with the hat trick. We all talk. I mean, how much do me and you talk about that trade and how important it was? I still say Anze Kopitar is, if not my favorite, one of my top three favorite players to watch in the NHL right now. Not because he's a razzle dazzle type player, not because he does all these amazing things. He just plays the game right. He leads right. He does everything that needs to be done. And it was, you know, very nice to watch him up close. And, you know, he's a guy just nothing bad to say about him. First ballot, surefire Hall of Famer, obviously, with multi-Stanley uh, Cup victories and everything. And that's great leadership right there. That is outstanding leadership right there. I and mean, we got a pretty good captain in Mark Stone as well, not to take anything away. But, you know, I enjoy watching the Kings. I enjoy everything they do. And, you know, they're they're going to be a thorn in our side. And, you know, what's the goaltending situation going to be? You know, is it going to be a journeyman Phoenix Copley going to take him to the promised land? Or is Quick going to turn it back on? you know, in about late February, just like he did last season. I mean, they rode quick to the playoffs last year. 
Yeah, uh, this Pacific Division is pretty interesting. And the Kings have played more games, I think, than any team in the National Hockey League so far. They've got yes, another game coming they did up mention tonight. That. Yeah, they did mention Edmonton. That. Edmonton coming up. So that's going to be We get good. Edmonton on Saturday. I'm excited for that one. I'm yeah, excited. Should be a really good Pacific Division battle. Uh, and then Seattle, I think, is also starting to play pretty well. I feel I watched them play the other night in uh, Maddie Bernier's again with a big goal in that contest. Yeah, okay. Veneers, he's going to be he's going to be around for a long time. He's uh, you know, he wasn't as touted as some of the recent rookies are and stuff, but he's definitely, uh, you know, rising to the occasion. I've, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm opening packs of uh, Upper Deck uh, Series one, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for Matty Veneers, Young Guns and Young Guns Canvas and Young Guns Canvas Black and exclusives and high gloss. And when we land one of those, that's a payday for somebody. Oh, that's a payday. Hey, really quick story. This is a shout out to a buddy of mine. He goes by a. Uh, BG sports cards on Instagram and whatnot. He, so hear me out really fast as people who like to open boxes of sports cards. If we go to a Walmart or a target, even our, our, our local card shop, sometimes we'll open packs of cards in our car. It'll just sit there in the car and start ripping cards. And the more experienced people that do this actually will have top loaders in their glove box and of their trucks and stuff like that. Shout out to um, my buddy, Jesse Alestock on that. But, um, so he sends me, he's like, hey, you, wake hits me like at 6.30 in the morning, I want to say on Sunday or Saturday morning. He sends me a picture. He pulled a Julio Rodriguez one-of-one one card. He's got offers of north of $50,000 for this card, and he opened it in his car just sitting and chilling. No way. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. I, I so love he, stories Is he like going to sell that? Is he going to sell that? He's working on a few different angles to sell it right now, and he's trying to find the best way to do it, and the best bang for his bucks. And he said, he's going to come visit me in Vegas when he does. So uh, drinks on him. Okay. Gold, gold bar whiskey on, on BG sports. Cards. <laughs> That's right. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to take a look at the line shuffling again. Not much of a blender mix the other night, but Bruce Cassidy did make some changes. We'll discuss that when we return right here on lockdown golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information for stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league that is out there. We've got from pro football heading into the playoffs. The college football championship game happens tonight. TCU against Georgia. We've got basketball, the NHL. We have it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. And we are always the fastest, the easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn a lot more. It's BetOnline where the game starts. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick in Las Vegas. And I went to the Raider game, right? I covered the Raider game on Saturday. And what would you have done? I'm an old, I'm an old school guy. Glad you, I got a story for you, but keep going. Okay, what, if, what would you have done back in the day? Probably not today. I don't think we could get away with just smashing people today. If you would have seen like the Chiefs come out and they do this ring around the Rosie thing before they went to the line of scrimmage, did you see that? I would have, I mean, we would have been told by our coaches to just jump the line and hit the quarterback, hit Mahomes, because there's no way. Have you seen, have there been any crazy things that have happened in hockey where there's a lot of showboating? I'm trying to think of like one instance where we might have seen something, but I, I can't remember. But I think it's something if you're out there and you could, uh, remember any crazy shenanigans that went on on the ice with crazy formations or plays or what have you let us know yeah that's interesting that'd be a good topic and nothing coming off the 
the top of my head. But so you, you did mention the, the game. I was listening to the radio call, the national radio call, as I was driving to something, uh, oil change, whatever it was, doesn't matter. And they were talking about those donuts, uh, the radio call, the, the donuts you always show the picture of that have the team logos on them and stuff like that. The people on the radio were actually <laughs> no, talking didn't. about eating too many of them and stuff like that and how good they are. And you always put that on your Twitter. So I thought that was pretty funny. That is pretty funny. I thought about I, you. I started a trend. About Tony Perdasco. I start. I started a trend there. Well, it started with cookies actually, and they didn't have cookies that were logoed with each team's logo, each team's brand. So I took the donuts instead. And someone asked me. One of the other media members said, "Hey, I haven't seen a post yet of the cookies yet. Are you going to post one?" Like. It's become a thing. It's so stupid. It's like it's like it's like my popcorn and uh, <laughs> peanuts and salty nuts and, <laughs> and street meat and street, and meat. street meat. Oh God, I hope that's out there every game. Do I they call? Do I don't they care. call them Kessel dogs? Are they calling them that? That'd be another reason. There wasn't a whole lot down. of conversation that took place. <laughs> <laughs> so VGK line it was shuffling. eight bucks. I can tell you that much. <laughs> line shuffling continues. Um, we wanted to talk about that. Uh, Paul Cotter. And Michael Amadio was the big switch. Cotter, I went back and looked at the numbers, Chris. He had seven hits. And so the reason why they put Cotter, Cassidy did, on the top line and replaced him with Amadio uh, was because he felt that Amadio was playing too light. So, again, I, I think that's a good move, tactical move. But when are these moves too much? When are they going to be too much? because you want to get that consistency and build that chemistry. And especially now you have players that have been injured coming back and forth and all that. You could always blame it on the lack of chemistry because a player was out and what have you. But when does this become too much by now? Shouldn't he have these lines down pat? Yeah, he did. Amadio Stevenson and stone. I mean, the concern that I have there is I feel this was a predetermined move. Number one, I feel it was in, it was in Cassidy's mind some way, somehow to get back to Paul Cotter going up there, but he didn't, didn't want to just, you know, take Amadio's spot away because he has earned it. And um, uh, Chris Chapman did ask about, about um, the line change. It was the last question that they allowed at the presser. And I would have phrased the question a little bit differently. I would have phrased it as what did you see, you know, Amadio's done very well in a large sample size in the role of Stevenson and Stone. What did you see in this small sample size in a handful of shifts that made you go for the change? I would have been curious to see if you would have got the same answer or a little bit of a different answer. But the quote from coach was Amadio was light on pucks. Listen, these guys, you can't be 100 percent of the time perfect. No one can, whether it's hockey life and your job and anything in between. It's just not how it works. And Amadio has been outstanding. He has been a gem. And one of the reasons this team has held it together and still leads, you know, now that we're into uh, almost mid-January already, as crazy as that sounds. So you ma making that move, I don't like the message that it sends down to the team. I get the message he's trying to send. Hey, you better be out there every shift or, you know, you're going to lose your spot. But that's not, you know, this is a veteran team. This is not a bunch of rookies. This is not you know, this is a veteran team with a couple young players on it. Let's call it what it is. Maybe that's why they keep getting injured all the time. So that just felt like too, too aggressive of a message. And I didn't like it. Now, on the flip side, Cotter did come out. He got the message. He delivered seven hits. And Paul Cotter might be one of the best reverse hitters in the NHL. And what that means is when someone is about to hit you, you get low and you explode and you just crush them. 
he does that better than a lot of players in the NHL. So let's not take anything away from Cotter and what he brings to that top line. But what did Amadio do to get, you know, demoted isn't the word, but to get shuffled in four or five shifts. I did not like that move whatsoever. And Cotter came off the ice. I was texting you that he went uh, into the clubhouse there and came back out. Uh, I don't know if, what happened if he was injured or what have you, but uh, I didn't see any of the new injuries for the VGK. Okay. So I, I want to talk about Logan Thompson and getting pulled. Now we've seen each goaltender get pulled in games. Uh, Logan Thompson has a banner week. He's named to the NHL all-star team. And then he comes back his first star back and he more or less lays an egg. Uh, does this bring him back down to earth? Because I'm sure he's pretty high on being an NHL all-star. I don't know if that cost him any lack of con- concentration or what have you in the game. Uh, but, you know, again, he wasn't sharp. Two soft goals, I think he gave up in the contest. But does this bring him back down to earth now? I don't think he was ever off of earth. I think he's done everything asked of him to show that he is an NHL starting caliber goalie who can deal with the highs and lows. Um, I'm more concerned about, and again, he should have been pulled. Let's, let's be clear about this, but oh, you, you know, said his, it. you said it on your Twitter feed. You yes. said he should be yanked for the third yeah, period. Yeah, no, I, I got that one. I'll take it. Um, but I think Cassidy is the one who might get in his head a little bit right now. And we've talked about this. Cassidy does have the skeletons in the closet with younger players and managing them. Amadio played awesome for however many games it's been four or five shifts. He's light on pucks. I mean, why can't you just tell him, hey, get your uh, blankety blank and gear. Let's go. Like, why why, why do you got to make that brash of a move right now? And then that stuff, you know, it goes down the lineup. LT sees what's happening out there. He knows what's going on. Maybe that gets in his head a little bit. I get this is the NHL. This isn't, uh, we're not looking for participation awards and stuff like that. Every kid doesn't have to play an equal amount of shifts. I get that too. But I think Cassidy's got to pump the brakes a little bit with, some of the things he's doing and back to your original statement about LT. He's always been on earth. He had a bad game. Both goalies been pulled once in 43 games now, or whatever the math is, 42 games, not that big of a deal, but let's keep an eye on it. I want to ask you if you heard anything about Brendan Lemieux after he went, it looked like a cartoon, like flying airborne head first into the boards. Yes. No, that looked, that, that was 23 games already. That was a concern. Oh man, he jammed his neck at the very least. If he's yeah, not in the saw, neck brace so today, I'd be surprised. Where we said we couldn't see the direct contact, but I knew, like he 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 tried to hit Colasar pretty good, and it was a, it was a fair play that he made. But when you see players go down like six feet, eight feet, ten feet from the boards with a full head of steam, it's scary. I hate to see it with the kids. Hate to see it with the NHL. Hate to see it with the beer, whatever it is. And I didn't like it. Um. McNabb, oh man, he had a hit though. Oh, McNabb had a huge hit in that game. I got the replay of it on in a pretty close up off of uh, the Nitron. McNabb's McNabb still doing McNabb things out there in a good way. Uh, yeah. One point I did want to make really that. fast is we're getting this home. Kind this kind of got lost. Why was Ben Hutton scratched over Korzak and Pahal? Interesting. I saw that you uh, had made that tweet, and I. I like the Hall's sure. game right now. Korzak's yeah. game, he's the only answer I can come up he's with. He's green, right? He's pretty yeah. green, Korzak. I mean, let's face it. Here's the only answer. I, and this is me and my neighbor, Ken, talking some hockey over. Uh, over he, he was chugging a Foster's. I was chugging my Jim Beam Orange. We were gabbing yesterday. But um, 
and my gold bar too. The gold bar, obviously, you know, but yeah, we had to make a little line change yesterday. But going back to our conversation, (laughs) a line change. Yeah. Going back to our conversation, the only thing I can come up with is we're dangling Korazak and Hutton to the NHL right now. I'm sorry, Korazak and Pahal to the NHL right now, maybe to make some type of a deal. And you do it with your younger talent to, you know, get some, you know, upper level line three, lower level line two type players. That's kind of how that happens. And, you know, White Cloud is still out. I don't know when we're going to see him. Theodore is still out. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot of money right there in the salary, depending on how much longer those two are going to be out. White Cloud longer than Theodore. I think that's a fair assessment right now. And I think you got to dangle some of these players out there to, um, especially when the scouts are in the seats, which you're starting to see more and more and more of as the season progresses. So that's the only thing I can come up with right there as to why Hutton sat in favor of Korzak and Pahal. Korzak needs to work on his breakouts. It's not been very good. Mm-hmm. What is the schedule going to be for the VGK for the remainder of the week? First, they complain they don't have enough practice time. Now they're afforded all sorts of practice time. But again, you still have to be aware of any sort of burnout. And Duva was talking about this. He felt that, like, he made the comment they're going to practice and they got to go to FanFest and they're going to practice. Like, he's making the comments like they're practicing too much right now. So they so they practiced on Sunday, right? Right. Before yeah, practice. They jumped in the vans and came down. It's okay. Came down and to then- Fremont. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What's their practice? I, think practicing. I, I, I don't think there's any days off. I could be wrong. I they listen, need they a need... day off in between. No I, I practice, grind it. They got to grind right now, Tony. You got to grind so still. Really got to grind. For you saw days. the game on Saturday. I know, but I think you could get it done. Just again, they could become more productive if they're just maybe. Well rested I mean, whatever they do in the off days, I don't know. I mean, um, listen, when things aren't ticking, you know, get them out there on the ice and figure it out. Maybe it's the old school in me and. The, the non-participation trophy side of me. The old school in me wanted to punch Patrick Mahomes in the face, even though he's my favorite quarterback. Okay. Ring around the road. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. I think Listen, the only I other love thing, creativity. Well, maybe such, uh, it was such a Raiders thing too. I mean, they're terrible. It was such a Raiders situation that it happened there. Maybe so it's bad. the uh, the storm salute or whatever the uh, the hurricanes do. You know, after a game, it was their storm surge. Start, <laughs> yeah, the storm surge. Maybe that could get under uh, some player skin. You know, if they're doing it would be nice. I don't know. I was some the creative stuff with the storm surge. Someone, someone should have uh, gotten leveled in response to that. Two goals for Max Pacioretty the other night three. on the way out. Two. Oh, yeah, three and then two the next day. Max Pacioretty had he had no, a hat trick. He had a hat trick. Pacioretty. Okay, and he had two goals the other day. Anyway, in any event, we'll sort it out. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you uh, watching us, listening to us. For my man, Chris Golick, Tony Kardaska from Las Vegas. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Take-